Welcome to Industrial Theory with Carrie Siggins. In this podcast, we talk with leaders and doers throughout the industrial cleaning industry who are changing the way we think about cleaning the world. I'm your host, Carrie Siggins. Welcome to episode five of Industrial Theory with Carrie Siggins. I'm your host, Carrie Siggins. And today I have Dr. Andreas Felski with me. Uh, he works for BASF in Germany. And we're going to be talking uh, about some of the initiatives that he's doing uh, both, both within his organization and uh, here in Germany creating a safety association. So I'm actually sitting with him here in Haltern, Germany, enjoying a, a very lovely day. And I look forward to uh, visiting with you. So thanks for being on the show. Yeah, Carrie, thank you very much for inviting me here for this podcast. I appreciate it. Thank you. All right. So why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do with uh, with BASF? Yeah, my current position is uh, being head of um, a group uh, which is called uh, for waste handling, disposals, and industrial services. Mm-hmm. Let's start a little bit more in the past. So I joined BASF. 30 years ago, and after working in an R&T department for a while, I moved over to a Chinese project, BSF and uh, Petrochemics and uh, Sinopec in Nanjing. So I was the project manager for starting up a steam cracker in that area. Um, it was very interesting from that point of view that safety is totally different to what we have in Europe, especially in BSF in Germany. When I returned back to Ludwigshafen, I took over the position of um, director for occupational safety and uh, it was a time when I've learned a lot of safety culture, fundamental uh, ideas of safety mechanism in human minds, mm-hmm. safety culture, learning characteristics and behavior safety. In the year 2016 I moved to the department of uh, site services and I took over the post of the head of an infrastructure unit including the waste handling and industrial services. From point of view for the colleagues I think that my team is one of the most qualified team for having specific challenges in different plants in mind and to supervise our contractors with the right cleaning methods, uh, means, tools, equipment for our clients. And uh, we are the interface between asset owners represented by turnaround managers and contractors, as well as the original equipment manufacturers. And we need to find the best way to satisfy the need of our customers. Interesting. So I'm sure that what you've learned prior to your role in China was very educational. So, you know, based on what you what you've learned afterwards, is there anything that you would have done differently when you were in China <laughs> trying to help yeah. them think about safety? Yeah, I would I would do differently in, in terms of um, educate the Chinese guys mm-hmm. uh, to have more focus on, on safety issues, if it is plant safety or if it is occupational safety. Yeah to talk with them about risk uh, and hazardous risk analysis uh, to get deeper into the details and not to, to uh, demolish walls with flip-flops right. on the feet. Yes. Well, I don't think a whole lot has changed. It's changing, but uh, but it's definitely been slow. Do you talk to any of your ch- Chinese colleagues anymore? Yeah, I talk to them, yes. Yeah. And, and we have still a meeting group when, when I can talk to the Chinese guys. and. I mean, we as BSF, we brought in our safety cultures into our joint venture company. Right. Uh, that changed a lot, but anyhow, in other, uh, other companies, I think it's not that far developed as it is with BSF or other yes. foreign companies working in joint ventures yeah. in China. Yeah, but they, but they are going along with um, BASF's guidelines and vision for right. safety right. and right. adoption of automation yes. in China. That's yes. fantastic. Yes, and we are looking also to other foreign companies as it is um, with Exxon Mobile or if it is with Shell. And I think there is some kind of 
uh, discussion in between uh, how to set up these standards. We want to have them all over the world. Yes. Well, you know that that's near and dear to me with, uh, with our global standards initiative, but we'll get into yeah. that later. <laughs> so you've made some major changes in the way high-pressure water jetting is performed at your site. So can you tell us about what sparked that change? Yeah, yeah. Uh, of course. I observed some special actions by cleaning with water jetting equipment up to a 2,500 bar. For instance, if the length of the shotgun is too short, it happens that people get an injury um, by blasting themselves in their leg. Yeah. That happens in our site, unfortunately. We had another incident in which one of our workers, uh, he was doing the work and he stumbled backwards and he threw the shotgun back, but anyhow he had his hand in the, in the jetting uh, stream mm -hmm. and that was another incident. Uh, we need to avoid these kind of incidents. Due to my experience from the former jobs, I think that must be eliminated and I had a lot of discussions with my people, together also with our executive guys, to set up that initiative to go to automated equipment and to train people working for contractors and also to, to convince our asset owners. Mm -hmm. In the discussion with uh, our people as well as with our contractors and equipment manufacturers, during that time I was in contact with a colleague in Geismar from BSF. And he made a lot of progress and experience in the last five years. Do you know Alan? Oh yeah, I know Alan, Alan Smith. Smith. Yeah, yeah. yeah, we're on the WJT board together. Yeah, of course. Yes, yeah, yeah. Yes. And I, I had to look to that one and I was impressed how far it was developed in, in his side. And mm -hmm. I said, that is also what we can do in Ludwigshafen. And, and yes. there's no reason not to follow that ideas. Yes. I was invited in November 2017 in the WJTA conference in New Orleans. And then I met companies like yours and others. And um, my target was still to get an inside view of how to get a change done from manual work close to the to people out of the fire lane into a safe distance yes. from the working place mm -hmm. where they are. In the same week I visited our Geismar site to see how the automated equipment is working in real industrial environment and he showed me um, how to clean heat exchangers, vessels, reactors and so on in safe and reliable manner. Mm -hmm. You have some interesting challenges, some different challenges at your site than they do at Geismar because it is so gigantic. Mm -hmm. One of, I think your site is BASF's largest global site, correct? Yes, it is. So how did you take what you learned at a, at a smaller facility, what was happening in the U.S., and implement that uh, here, with, here in Germany, here with your site? Yeah, we have. I mean, we have not only the biggest site owned by BSF, it's the biggest chemical site worldwide owned by one company in, yeah. in the chemical sector. Anyhow, the difference is that in Geismar, as well as in other areas, the plants are not that old as they are in Ludwigshafen yeah. for part of them. And uh, what we did is that we put in all our efforts to have a look to, this, to the plants. Um, how can it be done to remove heat exchangers, the bundles of heat exchangers, and to come to a, to a situation where we can put in automated XY frames mm -hmm. and to do the job automatically. Mm -hmm. We did not start by zero as well in Ludwigshafen because um, we have our washing bay and we have some automated equipment there for stationary purpose. But the real challenge is to go into the plant during a turnaround and to set up the equipment temporarily there and, and to put it in where, wherever we need to have it, like strikers or XY frames right. or whatever is necessary to yeah. do the job hands-free. Hands you know, you mentioned that it, it's a very old site, uh, and so help explain, help people understand what that means. Like, what is the difference uh, than yeah. going into more a, a more modern facility, say that was built in like the 1970s versus yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the 1800s? 
from the plants and it's a very crowded site. Yeah. So there are more than 200 production plants in that one site and they are, they are set up in a very close manner. So we do not have the clearance always in front of the heat exchanger to put in equipment in which you need 1.5 meters of clearance to, to have the equipment done. So that is one of the points. And the other one is that during that time when we set up the plants by engineering, detailed engineering, nobody thought about that one, how to, how to engineer it in a manner that you can have open, open space to sure. put in that equipment. Yes. And that has changed um, because we talked to our engineering department to set up also guidelines. What is the space in front of a heat exchanger, of a reactor, of a manway, of a vessel and so on. So that changed in the, in the last couple of years. Absolutely. I think uh, many plants found themselves in that situation, right? Right. How, we don't, we're building this plant, but we're not thinking about how we're going to clean the production equipment. Yeah. 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 Well, it was very interesting my first time here and driving around and it is, it's just such a different feel uh, than where uh, any other type of chemical plant I've been been to before. And that's because it is so old. It's been, you know, built with brick buildings. So to, the, to imagine that you have an actual chemical manufacturing happening yeah. in, you know, these buildings that were built in the 1800s and, and, yeah. and brick, you know, it's, it's really quite stunning. It's really an amazing place, but I can imagine it's very difficult to clean. Yeah, it's, it's difficult and also we have from the portfolio uh, speaking, we, we still have some plants running with dyes and to clean out the dyes of old vessels and so on, it's, it's a real challenge to do yeah. that. So one of the things that, um, that I think that you did that was really interesting is you embraced this idea of we're going to bring in the contractor and the, the OEM to figure out what the solution is for our site. And you, you did it very differently than, than anybody I had, uh, I had met previous to you. So can you talk a little bit about your vision of, of how you saw that collaboration happening and the benefit of it? Sure. I think the, yeah, from starting differently, from my history, I had a lot of experience to work with contractors, mm -hmm. if it was in China or in Ludwigshafen. For me, the contractors, the people are doing the jobs with lower wages uh, than we have, and the jobs are not very attractive. Right. So that we need to have in mind. Anyhow, the work needs to be done, otherwise we could not run our chemical plants. And uh, the contractors are our direct point of contact. So we need to share our new experience with their managers. We need to talk to them what we, what we expect to do uh, with them and we need to support their work for using new technique. Uh, that means that we offered also contract to OEMs and we gave the information of new equipment to the contractors together with new contact contracts mm -hmm. to say that we will support them and, and we want to have the contractors to work with new equipment. So that means that they need to, to invest in new equipment but they also need to do the job with the new equipment. We forced the contractors to use the modern equipment and they followed our recommendation. Mm -hmm. So far that's a very good point. Um, we shared then the seven basic principles in a common effort and with all our contractors. Uh, we also agreed on the last minute risk assessment mm -hmm. and this is now part of the seven principles in which I think it's uh, very successful to, to have it like this. Yeah, we are still working with an experienced exchange with all our contractors in such a way that we have round tables, parkings with them uh, once per three months and, and we share our ideas and developments. Mm -hmm. And I think that's one, one of the, the biggest step forward into the direction that we say set out the competition because they are competitors still but we want to go on a, on a, sound, uh, on a basis and a, and a solid ground that we can go to the new developments all together and, and we do not have the problems with workers being in the fire line. Yes. Well I think that's a really good way to look at it because 
you know, part of the seven principles is knowledge sharing and the fact that you bring all of the contractors on your site doing the work, which you have to have more than one contractor. You have such a huge site and so many hydro, I mean, sometimes you're doing what, 100, 200 water jetting jobs in a yeah. day. Yeah. And so it's not realistic to imagine that you're not going to have competitors uh, on your site doing uh, work. So the foresight that you have to bring them together and to talk about it and share their experiences so that everybody can learn and to bring in the equipment manufacturers to have those kinds of conversations so that we can understand, you know, is our equipment designed properly mm -hmm. to make it as easy as possible for, you know, to help you execute this type of vision. I think mm -hmm. it's really important and I applaud you for doing it because not a lot of people I think would put, put it out there and say, hey, we're all going to get in the room. We're going to yeah. talk about how to get better. Exactly. And that is always a giving and a taking because if the contractors they are using equipment and they say here for that part we can do it in such a way or another part we can do it in another way um, how can we improve equipment uh, maybe to have it more handy right yeah and, and that's always a process in which the contractor is going to equipment manufacturers coming back to us going to the asset owner and to say here we can do it in a different way which makes it easier to follow the new rules and regulations we yeah. have. So I'm sure you had to have seen a little bit of resistance. Uh, what, yeah. was, what was the hard part to overcome? What was the biggest challenge? Uh, the biggest challenge is uh, to convince uh, the asset owners because if we are on a critical path, then we need to tell them if we have a setup time, which is, let's say, instead of half an hour, it is two hours, we need to have the setup time for the equipment, but anyhow, if we can uh, save time by using three lenses instead of one lens, and it's done automatically, not by sitting one or two guys in front of the heat exchanger, the overall time is uh, less than, than if you have it only by a single lens, and that is the part in which we try to convince our asset owners, and we already shared this information with them, and, and they also partly they agree to that one, yeah. not all of them. There are also other conditions that if we are running strikers on a washing bay, um, if the washing bay is too small, we cannot use the striker because there is not, uh, not space right. available for a striker. So then we need to do it by, by shotguns by hand, but anyhow, it's, it's going less and less to, for doing it in this way. Yeah, yeah. So, they, so they're buying into the vision, they're seeing the benefits yeah. of yes. it. Yeah. They um. are buying it and uh, there's a yeah, the benefit to the client is um, if we are not on, one is that if we are not on the critical path, we have the time to do so and mm -hmm. we can show it later here. We are better than before. If we are doing it a second time or a third time for the same equipment that we can show here, we can save money and, and that reduces also the loss of the, of the contribution margin. Yes, and I think that's a really key point because the use of, of automated equipment um, absolutely will reduce safety incidences and that is a compelling reason to require yes. it mm -hmm. but I think that many asset owners are finding that they are seeing you know either the number of cleaning activities um, being reduced uh, the level of cleanliness is increasing mm -hmm. and so they're actually seeing that contribution margin improving mm -hmm. um, maybe even more so than that they would have expected even if they perhaps are paying slightly yeah. higher rates because contractors have to invest in, in buying this equipment. Are you experiencing that? Yeah, I, I see it also from, from that point of view, but also from another one, because um, the starting point was to increase safety, right. occupation safety by contractors, by our guys, and, and that was the initiative we started from. But now I see it also from the point of, of four pilots. One is safety, the other one is the quality, because also the quality is much better mm -hmm. if you have automated equipment doing the job instead of doing it by hand. Yes. The third one is that you can save schedule, the time, 
answered exponents that if you know what you're doing in front of it, it's better for the budget because it's easier for the contractor to calculate. I have to, to have such and such time to do the cleaning job um, and then to reduce the overall budget during turnarounds. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so that's, that's, that's a common, common agreement for, for all the four pilots um, to be in a better shape to do the job. Yeah, I think that's a great example. Well, I think that asset owners play a significant role in this, and it's one of the things, one of the many things I appreciate about your vision. It's that you are taking such an active role in helping ensure that that, that this is the way that the work is going to be done in your uh, plant. What advice, or what would you like to see from other asset owners in you know stepping up and taking that responsibility? Um, to say, hey, I've got to be part of this solution, not just expect that, that my contractors are going to, to do it alone. From my former job as working in, in the Occupation Safety Department, I had contacts to other companies for busy EHS managers. That was also one point that I contact, contacted them again and asked them, hey, we have, the, we have to start that initiative. What are your thoughts on it? Do you have the same challenges as we have? And after a short while, I got the answers and they said, yeah, we, we are waiting also for, for having such an initiative, but you as BSF, you are the biggest company here for doing that, that job in Germany. And I called them, we went, to, we went to, to, to a common meeting. It was in the end of 2018. We had uh, the first meeting with uh, asset owners from the German chemical industry and we all agreed on we have to do some changes in that kind of business. And the point which also which helps to, to come to the to common ground is that the contractors are the same. So BSF is working with the same contractors as what Ivonik is doing here right. in Mahl, as, as Dow in Stade, Wacker in Burghausen or Celanese in Frankfurt. So if we say, if we want to have the contractors on such a level of highly developed uh, working tools, they all agree to do it also not only in Ludwigshafen, but also in the other sites on, in the German mm-hmm. chemical industry. Yeah. After that, we, we came to the discussion that not only asset owners are part of the game, but also contractors and the manufacturers of equipment. We had a second meeting, which was in June last year, and we all agreed it's not only a working group. We, we need to sit together, we need to have such kind of association, because the more people we are and the more companies are working together, the better the level is to come to good solutions all together from, from all three perspectives. And that was a starting point to, to, to think about, yeah, we want to have an association in Germany just to find common ground for, for coming to high developed equipment. Uh, it seems like also part of the conversation is around training and certification yes. as well. So yes. is uh, how do you, you know, what, what happens in Germany now? Is there a process that you go to to get certified in, um, in high pressure water jetting or is that something that you're looking to create? Up to now. The, even the contractor companies, they have their training modules very clear and they have training modules and we were looking to some of, of the training facilities and we are impressed how far they also are developed. But it's individual training for one contractor, individual training for another contractor and, and it's not harmonized mm-hmm. over all contractors and even not all over the uh, chemical companies. That is one of the second real big target we have in mind to set up a training in, in, in modules and we want to discuss with our companies, not only with chemical industry companies, but also with contractors and OEMs. We want to have a training module set up for individual companies, but set up also for individual equipment, but that is all harmonized on one platform. And we talk to the 
Chamber of Commerce in Germany. Uh, they agreed to set up also their training in modules and their certifying body to give out the certificate for the individuals who pass the training. Mm -hmm. The good point for that is that if there is an individual working for one of the contractors in one part of Germany and he passed the training successful, then he got a certificate and the next day he can work in another site and he can show a certificate and he is qualified to do the job. Mm. It is not like that we need to, to, to see oh, what are the skills, what he has done before, but he can start immediately to do the same job as what he did if it was in other BSF facilities in Antwerp or in Schwarzheide yeah. or in Ludwigshafen, so we know that mm. he is skilled, he is trained, he, has, he passed the test, he has a certificate and we know about the quality of his working skills. Yeah. Well, I think that's an interesting piece that you're pulling into this idea because most of the safety, most of the training and certification that's out there is purely on safety and it's not necessarily built around skills training, right? So I think that's an important aspect that we need to include going forward and something that, that I want to do with the GICC is, you know, safety obviously is most important and requires you know, ongoing training and a good foundation, but we also need to help people develop the skills uh, that they need to be able to advance um, along to automated equipment, mm -hmm. hopefully to advance their careers and ideally create a craft. And so I, I think this vision of putting together not only a safety certification, but also a skills training is, is going to leapfrog you ahead of, of many other countries because mm -hmm. not only do you, you know that this guy has, this guy or gal has his or her safety um, her training, but I know what level of skills training yes. they've had. And yes. that's key, I think, to, to professionalizing this industry even further. I absolutely agree to that one. It's not only having a training in, in, in terms of safety, but of course, also in skills, in how to, how to use the equipment, what are the benefits of using that equipment, how to deal with that one, how to put it in a, yeah. in a form that is really doing a better job than, than the hands-on training, yeah. uh, hands-on on working with, with yeah. equipment. And I think that's, you know, that's something that Stone Age is very excited being a part of, is that we, we certainly don't need to recreate the wheel around safety training because there's already so many programs in place and certifications out there. How do we incorporate that with the, the science, the technique, the application training, the how do you actually become a good water blaster? Uh, and I think that's where the exciting piece yeah. of it is because that's how we can help people see a career path in high pressure water jetting and industrial cleaning. And that's what we want. We, want, we don't want people to you know, leave the industry because it's too dangerous and they don't get the proper training to, to develop their careers into something more than just being an operator, manually shotgunning something. Yeah, but that all, all needs to, to, to come together. It is specific training from the manufacturer of mm -hmm. equipment because they know the best how to, how to deal with their equipment yeah. and what are the kings and what are the benefits of this equipment. If it is a company like Stone Age, if, it is other, if these yeah. are other companies like, like Hammelmann or Woma or Absolutely. whoever it is, supplying equipment to the contractors, to the workers, the next step is, and that's incremental, to set up the people also to, to comply with rules and regulation of the individual contractors. Yes. Because they have also their rules, their own standards, they need to be incorporated as well in their training yes. modules. Also, when we say as BSF we have rules and regulations, they also need to be incorporated in these training modules. Mm -hmm. And here I see the chance that BSF is not alone, as we can also hear a harmonization of training modules with other companies. 
then it all works together and we say hi, that is what we want to have. We want to have incident, incident rate below 0.2 yeah. uh, for 200 uh, working hours. The other companies are on the same track, so yes. there's no discussion about it. It's a discussion how to implement it and how to come to a, to a common system. But here we had also an institute from, from the Netherlands and I think it was very impressive how they set up a training. Yeah. They're doing training in, in 17 different languages and I think it's also a good point that we can share experience how they did it, how we have it in mind how to do that one. And I think that is, that is a good point for collaboration with official and professional training institutes yeah. together what we have in mind for the content. Yes. Yeah, because we are more uh, responsible for content and to say that's what we need to have but how to bring it into the mind of the people. Yes. It is part of a training company. Yeah. Which Absolutely. Is pro professional for doing that. Well. Yeah. Well, I think um, I think it just goes to show just how important that collaboration is, mm -hmm. right? It takes all of us to mm -hmm. come together to affect this kind of change, where you know it's it, it, it all of these workers can go home safely to their families, and we're professionalizing the industry, and so it's a really exciting time to be part of it all. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be fun to see what you what you create here over the mm -hmm. next year. So maybe you could tell tell us a little bit about the DIRV and um, and what you're trying to achieve and in, in the timeline. Uh, what does what does the DIRV stand for? The DIRV stands for Deutsche Industriereinigungsverband, which is the German Industrial um, Cleaning Association. Mm -hmm. We started uh, with a group of around 10 companies to define targets for safe cleaning. And after a few meetings, we agreed to have not only asset owners, but also the other players in the game. And we internally discussed the possibility of inviting contractors and OEMs to our working group. Our assumption was to get the best solution out of the cleaning work by getting all opinions from three perspectives on one common platform. Then the idea was born to form an association uh, by continuing the development. We need to help the asset owners uh, to find themselves on solid ground by laws, guidelines, requirements, and so on. Even so, if the asset owners define new standards together with OEMs and contractors, um, the level is much higher to buy this equipment and use it in all chemical sites all over Germany. Mm -hmm. Next point is to have qualified personnel to use the modern equipment in a safe manner. We want to have the workers out of the fire line, as I said before, but we need to educate and, and train them. That's one of the most important parts we, we have as target in our DIRV. And we want the Chamber of Commerce in Germany a certifying body for the training courses, which is very good because all over the organization of the Chamber of Commerce, it can be assured that the quality of the training is all the same if it is in the north of Germany, in the south of Germany, in the west or eastern part of Germany. And that's very different from other countries because they do not have such an organization as we have with the Chamber of Commerce. Right. And that is one of the very good points, I think, that we will make some progress with, together with, with the uh, Chamber of Commerce and our DIRV to work together for such a model we have in mind to set up. Yeah, that's great. So today or this week, you're holding uh, a broader DIRV meeting, maybe the first one bringing in, you know, a broader range of members. What do you hope to achieve this week with, uh, hmm. with these meetings? We will start uh, by tomorrow afternoon, first with an introduction. Uh, now the size of that association is overwhelming, but what I think that in such a short time, uh, we won 52 people coming here over to that place and we have uh, 36 companies that are eager to join that new association and we have all three areas. We have the asset owners, we have the contractors, and we have the equipment manufacturers. From former meetings, they all said, yeah, we, we see that there's a lack of organization in Germany. 
so that we can put together all our ideas together and then we can work together and, and we then can work out the best solution for if it is high pressure water jetting or if it is chemical cleaning, if it is ultrasonic cleaning, mm -hmm. laser ablation, whatever is, is needed for, for doing the, the best job in mm -hmm. that manner. Mm -hmm. uh, we will have, um, by Friday, we will have uh, our constitutional meeting and we will have the election of the board of directors for it and I hope that we will come up on Friday noon time that we can say okay now we can go to the next step we we have an address of the new association we have the names of the board of directors we have a platform we have an internet um, website and so on then we need to set up all the technical issues we need to have for for setting up the new association, but I think that can be done in the next couple of months. Yeah, it's amazing how fast it's happened. Uh, to think that it's been less than a year when you came up with this idea and had the first meeting, and to now think that you know, in in, in probably less than that time frame, you'll have an association up and running. So, congratulations! Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> um, it is a very dynamic process. I would never have expected such dynamic thing in, in, in that field. Last year, we had our Global Safety Days in Ludwigshafen for BSF, and we invited the companies as well, first to a roadshow for the contractors, and later on, we invited also other companies like, um, not only contractors, but also equipment manufacturers mm -hmm. to join an exhibition, which we organized in Ludwigshafen for four days. And it was also very dynamically, the company said, yeah, yeah, we want to join you, and we want to show our equipment, and also from our high-level executive managers, they, they were very impressed on what was done in the past, what can be done in the future, and how fast the development was set in place. So that was a real good start. We also we asked during that time these companies uh, if they are eager to join a new association, if there is one, and we had about 90-95% of, of uh, yes, we want to do that. Great. It was uh, it was good to be here to talk about the GICC and and have them be part of that. And I share the similar experience with the GICC and how fast it's moved. It was really about this time two years ago that Hans Borgt and I were collaborating on developing the, the seven principles. And at in May at uh, EFAT in 2018, we had our first meeting. And yeah. you, know, you look about the progress that has been made over the last two years. Uh, it took me by surprise as well. And I think that just goes to show you that there's just such a need. People want to do this work safer and they want to do it better. And the awareness uh, around the type of equipment that's out there to be able to do it and the type of training um, that's out there to help with workforce development and then the, collaborate, the collaboration between the key stakeholders, it just is like the time is just right to actually mm. start to affect change. So it's quite stunning how fast it's moving. <laughs> Absolutely right. Um, it's also my impression and I think that to start with the GICC, it was a very good starting point also for our activities. Even when we created the seven basic principles mm -hmm. in the technical committee, yeah. um, I met the other colleagues like, like Stuart and Hans and, and mm -hmm. the other one, Francesco. And I think it's, it's a very good structure to say GICC together with the technical committee working out seven basic principles, not only for high pressure water jetting, also for vacuum, also for other, other methods. I think that is GICC, I look to that one as uh, taking over the legislative power. Yeah. Yeah, to set up rules, to, to set, it's not a requirement, but to set out rules on a very high level. Then the role of the national associations, it is for me for the executive power to bring the basics into rules and requirements for the members of that association. Yeah. Yeah, so it's also that's the third target we have in our association and I will discuss it tomorrow and Friday. 
we need to set up working group, working in different fields for safety, process safety, occupational safety for, for method equipment, but also for rules and regulations to say what are the basics of using standards as every company has a standards, but we want to do it also on that level. Mm -hmm. They are not defined into that details that every company can take it over, but to say that is what we want to achieve by using such and such uh, equipment, by yes. using such uh, method. And I think it's, it's a very important part and we need to bring in all three groups into one working group, maybe small working groups by three or four guys, mm -hmm. one is the speaker of that, and uh, to say after half a year, oh, we have, we have an outline of such regulation and we want to discuss it in the, uh, in, in the plenum together with the other guys and then to give it back to them and to say here we have to work it out in such and such way. Yep, I think that's a great vision and I think that, I mean, that was the whole reason why we started the GICC was to say we can create very basic guidelines yep. but it's up to each individual country to take it and incorporate it with their own individual you know, vision and then rules and regulations. And so, you know, if we can help provide that guideline for, you know, organization like DIRB to get started, then we're doing our job. And I think that next level is, you know, is how do we keep track of certifications? Mm -hmm. And can the GICC, you know, be that global database where everybody can um, input those and we have one place to go? And, and can we be the start of developing this as a craft? You know, I think you look at, at some of the other some of the other trades that happen within plants, welding, pipe fitting, boiler making, things like that, they are there are very specific ways to to develop or to go through that craft, to develop your craft and 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 what that looks like. I think we need to do the same thing and I think we can be a big part of you know, partnering with all of those safety associations from around the world to say, hey, what is what makes sense? What makes sense to say this is the foundation and and drive that forward? Um, you know, partnering with each individual country to to make that happen. So it's a huge undertaking. <laughs> no, but I appreciate very much also also what you're saying. It's exactly also my idea. Yeah. So my experience is being part of GICC is to have contact with a very short response time. Yeah. Uh, to organization like it is a WJTA, if it is a SIL, SC3, the Koreans or the Aussie Jet or yeah. now we also and, and WJA, normally I'm not get used of such short response time because if you're in an organization it takes some more time. First is you have to articulate your, your question and then you wait and then the guy is not there but here it's much faster. Yeah. Yeah, and I can always pick up the phone and talk to Hans or talk to Francesco or whoever is there. How, how can we set it up in a, in a good and, and real good manner to, to bring it up to the next level of yeah. competence. Yeah, that's how good collaboration should work, is yeah. we're all there to help each other and to move as quickly as possible. And, uh, and I think that's one of the unique things that, that we're doing there is it is such a collaborative effort. Yeah. Everybody's part yeah. of it and we're here to help everybody mm -hmm. make this happen as fast as we can. So I'm glad that, 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 that that's your experience and I know people feel the same way about you know having you on, on the GICC team too. Mm, thank you. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so you mentioned coming over to the WJTA in 2017 and you came over um, this year or last year in 2019 as well. And because I'm on the board and I always like to know, you know, what your experience is like, 
you know, what was the best part of coming um, of coming over to New Orleans to go to the WJTA conferences? Well, as I was attending the WJTA this year, my activities were focused on the asset owner educational track and the networking with colleagues from different companies as well as from different associations. But it's also a very nice opportunity to have networking out of the expo. Yes. Yeah, to meet in, in New Orleans, which is a very great place, and, and to go to, there to, together to, to a bar, to a restaurant, and, and to have a beer and to to continue the networking, yeah. which is a very good opportunity to Absolutely. do so. Absolutely. All right. Well, is there anything that I didn't ask that you would like to share? Uh, I think that you did a fantastic job. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, by all covering all items in your work for a safe cleaning manner, and it's I think it's it's working. It's really a, a part of, of your individuality to, to go to that point to say, here, it's, it's what I want to do and that is what I can do with my company but together with the organization which you set up in the past. You are CEO from Stone Age, you are so active for setting up GICC organization and to link the different associations together, to bring the different characters to sit together, which is not an easy part. Yeah and to organize meetings and networking platforms. No, for me it's overwhelming how you have done this work. It's very, very good and I appreciate it very much. Also that oh, I'm, oh. I'm part of that. Yeah. I mean, that's a driving force in such a dynamic development of having asset owner OEMs and contractors in one community, not as competitors against each other, but to work on a higher level together with trust and confidence. Yeah, so that I hope that the dynamics will keep on. Yeah. and. Uh, we are happy to, to, to join that. Thank you, thank you. Uh, well, that I can't tell you how much I appreciate that. It's really just seeing the, the passion that people have in this industry and knowing that all it takes is a little bit of, of effort and some talking and you can really make big things happen. And, and I certainly couldn't have done it with all of, without all of you. And, and there's a lot of shared passion in the industry. So it's just a great team to be part mm -hmm. of and a fun time to be in this industry of, of, of really making a big change, positive change in the world. And so thanks for always asking me to be part of it. It's, it's, a, it's a, been a fun experience. And I look for many more, forward to many more years of doing this with you. Thank you very much. Yeah. And I appreciate it. And I, I would like to, to go on with you and, and the other colleagues here to bring it up to the yeah. next level of, of competence. Let's do it. <laughs> All right, well, perfect. Well, we'll wrap up and, uh, and I really appreciate you being on the show with me. Thank you so much. Thank you, Carrie, very much. Thank you all for listening. We hope you appreciate it. We're always open for ideas. So uh, if you would like to hear from somebody in the industry or about a particular topic, you can email me at carrie.siggins at stoneagetools.com.